Good morning. Wasn't that a wonderful time in worship this morning? Hmm? The presence of the Lord is in this place. Well, let's open in prayer and we'll get right into it here. Father, we thank you for this morning, God. We thank you for your word, Lord. Continue to minister to us this morning. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. So it's probably the most well-known Bible verse in the world. And of course, I'm referring to John 3, 16. And you know this, but it goes like this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life or eternal life. And I want you to particularly pay attention to three key words in this verse, because these three words actually form the basis of what I'm about to speak about today, the basis of everything we're going to be talking about today. The first is the word God. The second is the word loved. And the third is the word world. If you want to know why God is a mission-minded God, and if you want to know why we ought to be a mission-minded church, and if you want to know why every Christian should be a mission-minded Christian, it is summed up in those three words. If we love God, then we will love what God loves. And the verse just told us God loves the world. God loves everyone in this world, whether they love him back or not. If God loved this world enough to give his son, then we ought to love the world enough to give of ourselves. And over the last three weeks, if you've been here, if you've tuned in online, we've been looking at ways we can do that by talking about those in our circle. We've looked at our inner circle, our circle of influence. We've looked at strangers. This morning, we're looking at the world. Now, before we go any further, I want to take some time to bring some clarity to a word I'll be using a lot this morning, and it's the word mission or missions. Because I think at times there is a lot of confusion about what is mission and what is missions. And Renew.org portrays the picture I was looking for when it comes to these two words. Their site says, When we think of mission, we should think of an all-encompassing mission of God to redeem mankind and bring healing to the land. It is reflected in the Lord's Prayer when we ask that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our God is a God on mission to redeem and restore. The church then goes about the Father's business seeking to redeem and restore as well. In this sense, mission is a broad category referring to everything the church is doing that points toward the kingdom of God. Missions, on the other hand, has been generally related to the specific work of the church and agencies in the task of reaching people for Christ by crossing cultural boundaries. It involves evangelism, baptizing, discipling. I was about to say disciplining. Sometimes it includes that. Discipling, church planting, even as it may also focus on the poor, the defenseless, and those suffering from injustice. Missions, then, 
is most closely tied to the Great Commission because of the specific call to disciple all nations. And if you still don't understand what missions mean, ask the Holy Spirit for the interpretation as we go throughout this morning. All right? But see, it is good to have local outreaches and missions be a part of who we are. But God also wants you to have a mission in the world. In fact, the ultimate goal of the church is to make disciples. And the ultimate result of a disciple is a follower of Christ who is on mission for him. I know many of you are sitting here right now thinking exactly what I would have thought many years ago. Me, a missionary? Oh, no, but I want to tell you this morning. Oh, yes, you are. You are. The reason why evangelism and missions must be in your heart is because it was in the heart of Jesus. The last words of Jesus ever said before he ascended to heaven were these words. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. Acts 1.8 When Jesus Christ left this earth, he had missions on his mind. Think about it this way. Jesus came as a missionary from heaven so that he might make us missionaries for heaven. That's who we're called to be. And please don't let that word missionary scare you. As you are going to see this morning, being a missionary does not mean that you have to give up your job. It doesn't mean you have to be seminary trained. And it doesn't even mean that you have to have missions experience. This question was recently asked in a survey of 1,000 church attenders, which shows why what I'm about to talk about today is so unbelievably important to us. 1,000 church attenders were asked this question in a recent poll. Why does the church exist? And the poll was done by an organization called Gallup. They do uh, surveys throughout the year. Why does the church exist? 89% said, The church's purpose is to take care of my families and my spiritual needs. Now, before I say anything else, let me hasten to say that is important. And obviously, we do want to meet the needs of families and individuals. However, here is what will break your heart, or at least it broke mine. Only 11% said that the purpose of the church was to win the world for Jesus. 11%. Church, I want to submit to you today that Jesus Christ did not come to this planet and die on the cross to pay for the sins of the world just so we could form a spiritual social club where we could get together in a holy huddle once a week and tell each other how wonderful or how not so wonderful we are. Oh no. I submit to you That Jesus Christ came to this earth and died for the sins of the world and left us as his followers on this earth so that we could share with those who do not know Christ how they too can be forgiven. Amen? With that said, 
I want to make a couple of statements, and you determine whether or not you believe them and agree with them. First, Jesus Christ was who he said he was. And who did he say he was? He said he was the Son of God. He said he was God in the flesh. He said he was the Messiah. He said he was the Savior of the world. Second, Jesus Christ did what he said he'd do. What did he say he'd do? He said that he would die for the sins of the world. He said he would be raised from the dead. Friends, heaven and hell are real. And people can only go to heaven through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. There is only one way. There's only one way. Only one way. We got to be excited about missions. And I can turn this around. Anyone who has no desire to be used in their own way, with their own giftedness, to help bring people around this world to Jesus Christ, however that might be, are really saying that they don't believe one of those statements or they don't believe any of those statements. If you agree with those statements that Jesus said about himself, and I firmly believe in them, then the verse that we just read moments ago from Acts 1-8 gives us all a great encouragement in how we can be missionaries. So point one, I can use God's power for missions, or you can use God's power for missions. I want to give you some great news and take a tremendous amount of pressure off you and a great load off your shoulders You do not have to be a perfect Christian. I said this already. You don't have to be seminary trained, great at public speaking, or even extremely knowledgeable of the Bible to fulfill your role as a missionary. Quite frankly, if those were the requirements, very few people could ever do missions. I might not be standing here. I mean, I'm always stumbling over my words. You can laugh at that. I laugh at myself all the time. The first requirement to do missions for God is the power to carry out missions. That is exactly why Jesus begins with this tremendous promise where he said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, whether you believe this or not, and whether you appropriate it on a daily basis or not, you, as a child of God, has that at your disposal. The greatest planet on earth. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. God's Holy Spirit and His missionary power. I read this some time ago. In one of my classes, two people were standing at the head of Niagara Falls. And... As they were looking at the tremendous water cascading down that massive cliff, one of them said, you are looking at the greatest unused power in the world. The author, who was a Christian, said, sir, you are wrong. Also, don't always beat that guy, but in this case, it works, all right? (laughs) Sir, you are wrong. The greatest unused power in the world is the power of the Holy Spirit. And I agree. I agree. Church, 
I want you to write this statement down and get it into your heart. Missions is a team effort. We have a teammate in this work called missions. And that teammate is the Holy Spirit of God. Acts 5.32 says, And we are his witnesses of these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Missions is so important to our Heavenly Father. And it's so much a part of the passion of his own heart. That he does not want us to try this alone. He won't let us do it alone. He, in the person of the Holy Spirit, will be present with us and will give his power through us so that we can carry out his mission work. Amen? If you don't believe what I'm about to tell you, then this particular message will be a total waste of your time and my time. Because if what Jesus said is true about the Holy Spirit and his role in the life of a follower of Christ, then you have to believe this. God can use you in his way with your personality and your giftedness to carry out his mission work and to move people to faith in Jesus Christ. Friends, we can use God's power for missions. That's encouraging news. It's not all on you. As a matter of fact, it is the Holy Spirit that brings conviction. It's not our place to do that. We're just supposed to sow the seeds. Point two, I can fulfill God's purpose for missions. With this power, and because of this power, Jesus goes on to say, You shall be my witnesses. And again, before you sit there and once again say, me, a missionary, remember who Jesus made this statement to. He was talking to tax collectors. He was talking to fishermen. He was talking to farmers. He was talking to shepherds. He was talking to businessmen. He was talking to men, women, and young people. In other words, he was talking to people just like you and me. In fact... I think it was Pastor Laura who mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. There is no plan B for God to reach this world and to show his love. It's us. Either we will be his witnesses or there will be no witnesses. Think about this. Christ alone can save the world, but Christ cannot save the world alone. That is why he wants us to be his witnesses. He wants us to be his witnesses. That word witness should be a word that encourages you rather than discouraging you. I don't know if you've ever been a witness in a courtroom, but I have. I had to literally stand before a judge, take an oath, and swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So dot, dot, dot. Both times I've had to do that in a courtroom. I've not been one bit nervous. I've not been one bit anxious. I've not been one bit fearful. Do you know why? Because all I was to do was to tell the truth, to tell what I had seen, to tell what I had heard, to tell what I knew, and to tell what had happened to me. 
When some people think about the word witness, they think about some kind of salesperson. Maybe you've met a few, you've had a bad experience with a salesperson. You're like, I don't want to be that person. And so we equate witness with salesperson. I am not talking about using high-pressure tactics to get people to buy into anything. As a matter of fact, the wonderful thing about being a witness for God is that you're not even trying to sell anything. You're trying to give it away. That's what you're doing. God has not called us to be his lawyers or, for, or his prosecuting attorneys or his defense counsel or his judge. God has called us to be his witnesses. A witness is simply a person with a testimony. And if you are a follower of Jesus Christ here today, then you have a testimony. 1 John 5.10 says, Those who believe in the Son of God have the testimony of God in them. Everybody in this room who knows Jesus Christ and has come to a point where they have received him as their own Lord and Savior, has a personal testimony. All missions is, is tearing the roof off the church or this building, knocking down the walls and getting those testimonies out of the church and into the world. And we're doing that on a daily basis. So we are his witnesses. We are called to this mission. Let me go back to that courtroom example. When I was up on the stand, I didn't argue the case. I didn't try to prove the truth. I didn't try to press for a verdict. All I did was simply testify what I had heard, what I had seen, and what I knew. That is all that being a missionary is. It's simply bearing witness in your own way with your own personality, in your own giftedness, to what Christ has done for you. What Christ has done for you. Another recent Gallup poll discovered that 89% of Americans are intensely interested in spiritual matters. 89%. The problem is not that people in the world aren't open to our mission efforts. The problem is we don't have enough of our people, believers, who are willing to make the effort to do missions. But I encourage you today, take heart. Let's cooperate with the Holy Spirit to get this done. I've been learning so much over the last three weeks. I hope that you have been also. I've been learning so much about how to engage with those around us. And this series has helped me. But also know this. We have all the tools we need. And we can fulfill God's purpose for missions. Each and every one of us in here. Point three. I can participate in God's plan for missions. Jesus not only tells us what we are to do and how we are to do it. He tells us where we are to do it. The way he tells us to do it is the way we want to do that at LifeSpring. First of all, we are to go to our community. That is, we are to start out locally. He said in verse 8, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. 
Now, where was Jesus standing when he said those words? He was standing in Jerusalem. In other words, he was saying, the first place you need to begin to be a missionary is right where you live. Right in your own neighborhood. And right in your own community. And that's basically what we've been communicating over the last few weeks here. Church, that will always be the primary responsibility of this church and the primary responsibility of your life and my life. Now, that is not where it stops. That is where we start. The point is this. You don't have to go overseas to be a missionary. You don't have to leave this community to be involved in God's mission work. But that doesn't mean we aren't called to go All of us might not be able to go, but go, we must go. And in other instances, we're called to support those who are able to go. Jesus said, we are to leave the community, he continued, and go to our country. In other words, we're not only to experience missions locally, but we are to experience missions Nationally, Jesus said, after Jerusalem, we are to go to Judea and Samaria. Finally, we are to leave the community and leave the country and go to the continents. Jesus said, we are to experience missions internationally. He ended by saying, we are to go to the ends of the earth. I know this is idealistic, perhaps, but... It would be my hope and my prayer that every person who is a member of this church that is healthy enough and physically able to, at least once, would go on a mission trip outside the borders of this country. As much as you're going there to serve, it'll change your life. It'll get you on fire for God. You'll come back with all these ideas and we'll be like, yes, we can do them. You tell us how we'll do that ministry now. But we want to support you in that. Here at LifeSpring, we've done trips like that. And our desire is to continue doing mission trips, both locally and globally. I'll give you a quick recap. And this isn't a comprehensive list, but some of you may be familiar with these. We've sent pastors, Adam Henderson, Wayne Farris, Jesse and Debbie Mendoza, Micah and Nicole, Jeremy Falsam, and we've supported local church planting pastors and their church plant for up to six months. We've done local mission trips and outreaches. We recently went to Salt Lake City. A couple years ago, we went to Medford, Oregon. We've done backpack drives, feeding programs, Thanksgiving meals, Christmas drive through We've helped with rent, Christmas giving tree, Samaritan's Purse. And that's almost like locally and internationally. We've supported local missionaries, Jonathan and Michaela, a local counselor that's available to you today. You need counseling? Reach out to us. We'll get you connected to him. We've supported Bridges of Love. We support international missions. A few years ago, we supported some water wells in Ghana. You haven't seen these before, but earlier this year, and some of you might remember Cheryl. I think we have some pictures of this. Cheryl sent us these pictures, and she said, In my recent trip to Africa in January to do some additional well installation in the eastern region of Ghana, 
I increased the well size in the village of Adojiri due to the growing population. This is the well that LifeSpring sponsored in 2017 and 2018. I thought you might like these photos. Thank you to the sponsors and donors of each well. Thank you, LifeSpring. You are a giving church. You are. We continue to support ministry in Ghana. Multiple people in this congregation have served in Ghana as well. We also support the 14 LifeSpring churches in Ghana. In fact, we just raised $1,067.25 for a new church plant in Ghana. We did that with the support of you guys. We've gone to Israel. Many of you were on that trip. We've support, supported FMI, Foursquare Missions International. It's an arm of Foursquare. Those funds have gone to Ukraine, Central and Latin America, the Caribbean, the Americas. We've supported the Wimberleys in Romania, the Russells in Jordan, Tim and Eli in Belize. And that one has come full circle because they went to Belize. LifeSpring supported them. They were at the church where I was pastoring at. We came back to Michigan, and now we're here. We've supported Karen Grubbs. She's in South Sudan and Uganda. Rebecca McGonigal. And here with us this morning, the McIntyres. Come on. Would you guys stand? And as they make their way to the stage, give them a warm life spring welcome. do need those. Oh, yes. perfect. <laughs> we'll be seated over on this side. Yeah. Let's come over here. There you go. All right. Tamara told me this is mine, so I guess I'm going to sit here. <laughs> okay. So, the McIntyres, they've been sent from Livespring. And as we're talking about missions and the world this morning, what greater opportunity it is than to sit down with them and hear from them. And so earlier this week, we sent them some questions. And uh, firstly, maybe let's introduce yourselves for probably those who don't know you guys, aren't familiar with you. You are? Oh, it's not on. I think it would need to be on for them to hear you. Let's see. All right, we're getting help from everywhere. We good? Okay, okay. My name's Ryan McIntyre. And this is? I'm Tamara. I go with this guy. And you guys have some kids? We have four. Two of them are in here right now. So Cassidy is there. She's 17. Kyla's 12. And then Logan is seven, and Maisie is four, and they're upstairs. All right. So the first question I had for them is if you guys could give us a brief recap of how you got into missions. And I know we could be here all of the rest of today. And so we've, yeah, they can speak a long time on this, but go for it. Yes. I'm going to do my very best to be brief. 
Um, so Ryan and I are high school sweethearts. Actually, today is our 18th anniversary. And uh, we actually started our relationship because we had both experienced a, a longing in our hearts for mission. Um, so Ryan went on a trip to Papua New Guinea um, when he was in high school, and I felt a longing and a calling to missions just from being in the church and hearing missionaries. Um, but we didn't end up on the mission field for a long time, so it took us, I think, 13 years for us to hear what you said today, and that was to really understand that um, the Lord had given us giftings and positioned us to serve him on the mission field and that uh, those unique giftings that he gave us could be used and we didn't have to look like somebody else. He created us for this purpose that we're in now. That's great. Thank you. And so, Ryan, where did you guys first serve? Papua New Guinea. Let me say it properly. Papua New Guinea. And uh, we're talking today. 2016 is when we went over there. So how many years altogether have you guys been serving as missionaries? You'd say overseas. It's like six years. All right. Is that the max? Six years. Six years. Have you seen any challenges during those six years? And if you have, can you tell us a little bit about some of the things you guys have just faced? Yeah, yeah. Um, challenges. You know, I think the biggest challenge was, was us at the beginning, honestly. Like those first couple of years were just um, – a time of figuring out how to get ourselves out of the way to let God do what God's going to do. And, you know, uh, we all have we all have lenses, right? Like filters that we see the world through. So you watch a movie, you read a book, or your faith. I think it's all influenced by our, our culture, our upbringing, our personalities. Um, and so missions is no different. And those first couple of years were majorly a season of of God revealing in us, like, this is the part of your faith that's, like, culturally nuanced, and then this is, like, the gospel that I actually want you (laughs) to take out to people. Um, And that was a painful, challenging, painful process. It is certainly not finished, but I think that that was uh, the, the biggest challenge that we faced in the beginning. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Where are you guys now currently serving? Kenya. Nakuru. We live in Nakuru, Kenya. All right. And could you give us an update of that journey, what you've been doing there, and where have you seen God's breakthrough? My turn. Yeah. So we are working with predominantly children that are living on the streets, um, but also children that are coming to uh, Agape Children's Ministry through government means as well. And so we're working to reunite children back to families. So we want to see children redeemed and um, rescued by their Savior. And then we also want to see their families redeemed and restored together. So some of the breakthroughs then, this was one we talked about so much because this is the one we could talk about all day is the things that the Lord has done to break through. I mean, we're talking about children who have been living on the streets and their identity has been found um, not in Christ and they've been labeled. And so this breakthrough when they decide to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior and put their identity in him is huge. Their breakthrough to trust other people, even people in the church, to walk with them through restoration, that's huge. Breakthrough um, in addiction. A lot of children on the streets are addicted to sniffing glue or jet fuel or alcohol, um, and we see breakthrough in that. 
I have two more. I'm not going too long. Okay. But I, I was thinking about one story that I thought was really impactful of a girl. Um, and let me tell you, we're working in this work, and this is the, um, the demographic that we're seeing. So this is not everything. But for us, this is our everyday. And we had a, a girl on our campus that had been um, kidnapped and was being held. And she was... Um, had been told that she had married a man and she was pregnant with him and she was 17. And this um, situation had been exposed in a way that only the Lord can do. And the children from that place had been brought to Agape. But this girl, her identity was that she was this man's wife and she was angry at us and she was angry at God that we had kind of destroyed her life, she felt like, because here she was, young and pregnant, and it was going to change her schooling, it was going to change all of these things. But the Lord gave us this breakthrough in her for her to find her identity in him and for her to be restored to the Lord, but also restored to her family and for her family to have a breakthrough to accept her and support her through that. And that was a really long one and one of those really painful ones to watch somebody have not seen themselves in the image of God and then to see the breakthrough that they sealed. So that was one specific story, but I would also say, and I did not know what Jesse was going to share this morning, so let me just tell you that for Ryan and I, we would tell you, aside from what we see happening through the lives of the children at Agape, the greatest breakthrough that we have seen is the time that we're spending with our staff, how people are going from knowing that they're a Christian and giving their life to the Lord to giving their life to the Lord, right? Like, um, we were... And I also want to say, we don't always have all the answers either. I think Kyla said that this morning. And so one of the ways that we walk with our staff is by having questions and not having answers, but going to the Word together because the answers are there. And so we can use the resources that the Lord has given us to go through His Word and get those answers. So when we're talking about justice at Agape, what we've been talking about for us and for our organization our organization and our staff is that justice is restorative. It's about bringing people back into right relationship with the Lord. It's about restoring their image that they are the image of God, that they carry that, and that the Lord is partnering with them. And the breakthrough that we're seeing is our staff feeling burdened by that, not just with the families that we're serving and the children that we're serving that can be obvious, but with their neighbor, like their literal neighbor, <laughs> and also at the grocery store and the market or as they go about town, that they're saying to us, I'm burdened by the people around me, and I want to see them restored. And I think that's real breakthrough because it can be easy to sit in the fact that we know our Lord and Savior, and then you have to really be intentional and humble to go deeper and to ask him how he can give you that breakthrough in your daily life. So. That's good. Thank you. Um, so not all of us may be able to go overseas, but we can support those who are able to go. And this family has been doing this the last six years. Um, I'll ask them here in a bit how we can connect with them and get their newsletter. 
One of the things we wanted to do this morning is also take up a special offering for them. And I believe we have, uh, our ushers should have baskets here. And that will be going around. But also, you can go online and click on Give. And you'll see a tab there that says Missions, McIntyre's. It'll be up there for a couple of weeks, and we want to keep supporting this family. And so how can we stay connected with you? I know they'll be here after service, so you can chat with them, uh, ask them questions, uh, maybe take them out to lunch. They're here for a few more days, actually, not too much longer. But get connected with them and hear what the Lord is doing through them as they continue to serve in Kenya. Um, And then I'll be asking my wife to come forward and we will pray over the McIntyres. And so how can we get connected with your newsletter and know what you guys are doing? Connection. That was going to be my word for for this question, actually. Uh, So connection is important. What do people need, right? Like missions can't go forward without, um, without resources and without prayer. You guys are pretty good at that. Like, we got this one down. But being connected, I think, is something that for us and for all the missionaries we've been talking to can be a struggle. So it is getting the newsletter, right? Getting on the, on the newsletter, sign up. But then send a reply. Send an encouragement. Ask a question. Um, we have probably, I don't even know, 150, 200 people on a newsletter list. And we get maybe one or two replies to a newsletter when we send it out. So it's not something, but it's not a whole lot. So those encouragements are important. You know, missions like you have good days and you have bad days. And sometimes you just need a little encouragement from your people at home. Um, But I think um, other ways of connecting. I really hope someday we can get some of you guys over there to come and see the work, to come and hang out with us. It would be amazing. I know that these last couple of years, COVID, things have been real weird, but, but things are calming down, and it would be awesome. Um, and how can we get that newsletter? How can we get that newsletter? How can we sign up for that? Or yep, if you go on the Agape website, that's the easiest way to do it. Agapechildren.org. Um, there will be a spot where you can sign up for the newsletter. I should know how to navigate this. I actually don't. Um, <laughs> but come find me. I'll literally pull it up on my phone, and we could do it together, and that would be super easy. I'll help you. All right, good. Uh, Debbie, would you come and uh, would you just stretch out your hands and we'll pray over them. Remember that uh, mission fund given, uh, McIntyre's will be up there for a couple of weeks. Uh, Give towards that fund. Um, Before we pray, I just want to say that this morning in our prayer time, we were praying over missions. And we come from a country where um, a lot of missionaries come. And so we've known a lot of missionaries. And I just felt like the Spirit just said to me, you know, that we need to pray for the missionaries, that those of us who give or towards, you know, um, supporting them, that when you see them, that we would allow you guys the freedom to post your pictures when you're taking a vacation in the country, that you can go swim somewhere, you can go have a nice meal, and that the people who are supporting you don't say, oh, I'm not supporting you for that. Because that is so important that the missionaries get to go out and enjoy the country that they're in to hang out with people, and that costs money. And so um, that's just really what I felt like. (laughs) Like the Lord was saying, like, you know, you go, you go do this work, but enjoy yourselves. Um, Get to enjoy the country, enjoy the people. And for those 
supporting, hey, that's cool. That's all a part of being a missionary. So, <laughs> oh, Lord, I just thank you for this family, and I, I just thank you for the work that they're doing, and I just pray um, refreshment over them, and I pray, um, God, that as they go into this next year, as they go back, that things that they have been praying for, that they'll see fruit. Um, Lord, I pray your blessing upon their family, their unit, as they make plans for the next year or so, Father, that you would just give them peace. Um, I pray, God, for deeper friendships. I pray, Lord, for a sense of being home even when they're away. And and I just ask your blessing upon them um, in every single way that matters to them, God, that you would, they would feel your presence um, in everything that they do, in, in the quiet times, Lord, in the rough times, Father, that they would know that you go before, beside, and behind, and that nothing that they go through is anything that you're not prepared for. And so I just pray your, your loving hand of comfort, of peace, of refreshment on the entire family, Lord. In Jesus' name. So you've heard from the McIntyres this morning, and we went through a long list of people we've supported and still continue to support. But guess what? Today, there are so many open doors for us. We cannot only pray. We cannot only give. We can go. And I'm going to say something that may surprise you in this room. One of the greatest needs that we have now and in the future for people who are willing to go and spend the season or do an internship or a lifetime overseas are business professionals and people with specific skills or trade skills. This is referred to today as skilled workers or business, as ministry. This is how a lot of missionaries are getting into countries and sharing the word. Or this is how also you can come alongside a missionary that's already serving and come and help them for a season. There is a crying need in foreign countries for business people who have been successful and for trade people to go and to share how to build a business or how to do what they do using biblical principles with people overseas. So we need doctors and dentists who will provide medical care. We need teachers who would be willing to go and spend a semester educating children and teaching teachers how to teach. Let's take a quick look at this video. Each morning, in every corner of our world, nearly one out of every two people wake up and face life's challenges, never knowing the love, the grace, the power of Jesus Christ. As the Foursquare Church, it is our conviction, our assignment in this world, to bring light into darkness, to every day, journey into the world's difficult places to reach those that are often hardest to reach. We do bold things, difficult things, some may even say crazy things, 
in an effort to reunite creation with their creator. We will risk it all. We will give our all to ensure tonight one less woman, man, or child drifts off to sleep without knowing the life-changing power of truly knowing Jesus. If you feel that call this morning, Foursquare Missions International. We're a Foursquare Church. This is an arm of the Foursquare Church. They need workers. So if you're interested in indeed going overseas or doing business as missions, let us know and we'll get you connected with FMI. They'll train you and they'll walk you through that process. Church, this all sounds good. And at least for me, it gets my heart pumping and it gets your blood racing a little bit. But quite frankly, none of this will happen unless one other thing happens. The fire of missions will never be ignited in our hearts or in our church unless you and I can discover God's passion for missions. This is my last point. Believe me when I tell you, this last point is important. Because what determines your passion is your priorities. Priorities always determine passion. If a person's priority is making money, money will be his or her passion. If a person's priority is playing golf, golf will be his or her passion. When we make people who do not know Christ or do not go to church a priority, People will become our passion. This is the kind of passion I want for my life. And it is the kind of passion I pray you will get for your life. It is the passion that Paul talked about when he said, The most important thing in my life is that I complete my mission. The work that the Lord Jesus gave me to tell the good news about God's grace. What we so desperately need. It's not just a passion for people without Christ. We also need compassion for people. Maybe you can hear the compassion in this verse. I know I do. Matthew 9, 37. When Jesus saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were hurting and helpless. He said, there are many people to harvest, but only a few workers to help harvest them. workers so are you willing are you willing are you willing to be a missionary are you willing to reach this world for Christ why is all this important the church or the Christian does not want to take mission seriously or whoever the church or Christian who does not want to take mission seriously in a sense what we're telling the world by not so by not saying so, you can all go to hell. It's really what we're saying. So I'll close with this. Are you willing to invest your life in the only thing that is going to last for all eternity? And that is winning souls for Christ. Inviting people into relationship with Him. 
Someone did that for you. Someone planted those seeds. I've said it and will continue to say the single most important achievement you will ever have in this life is allowing God to use you in his missionary enterprise to bring people to faith in Jesus Christ. So let's reach the world. Let's reach the world. I encourage you today, church, let's have a heart for his mission, which will in turn lead us to reach the world. You never know when and where God will use you as a missionary. A couple weeks ago, I shared with you the story of Alex from Mexico. I won't go through that story again this morning. If you missed it, you can catch it online. We talked about our website earlier. You can find it there underneath sermons. I simply gave witness to what Christ had done in my own life. It took him about 10 years, but Alex made a commitment for Christ. We could have never been able to assimilate him into the life of this church. But he was a mission field. Church, mission field of the world is all around us. Someone else I'd like to highlight this morning and ask to stand is Karen Grubbs, right where she is. Her organization, you can stand, Karen. So people can see you. This is Karen Grubbs. Her organization is called Stand for Africa. And she serves locals in South Sudan and Uganda. And she leaves on Tuesday. So would you just stretch out your hand, those of you who are around her, if you would lay your hands on her as we pray for her. And Father, we thank you for this woman who has said yes to the calling, Lord. And as she travels, I pray journeying mercies for her, Lord. But as she goes back into that community, Lord, may you continue to use her in mighty ways to love and those around her, God. To teach those around her, God. As she lays down her life, as she pours out of herself, God, may you continue to pour into her, God. She goes by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Life spring or inner circle or circle of influence. And strangers are a part of this world. You might not be able to go overseas. You might not be able to church plant. But the one you reach might be able to do so. And we have many of those examples that have gone on from life spring. The mission field has not thousands, not millions, but hundreds of millions of people who is waiting for someone like you and me to say who me yes I am a missionary I am a missionary would you stand let me pray for you father we thank you for this series we thank you for your word this morning God we've covered a lot over the last few weeks Lord may we not forget those things God may we be reminded that today in the days to come, in the weeks to come, in the months to come, that we are called to be your witnesses wherever we are. That means in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our church, in our local communities, in our stores, in our job place. And for some of us, it might even mean going and serving a short period of time. For some of us, it might mean supporting a missionary who can indeed go, Lord. But may we have your heart for the harvest that is around us, God. Give us eyes to see them, Lord. The 
world around us is our mission field. We are your missionaries. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Oh.